What up, y'all? It's DJ MV. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Welcome. Yes, we're actually out in LA. We missed you guys. Yeah, last week we were uh, in Vegas for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had to go out there for a little bit. Now we're in Vegas. You have to do a, a Remy Martin event, and we had some meetings. Yes. And so we're doing this out in uh, LA. So we brought our equipment with us this time, and we're going to knock these out. Yes, we were home for a day and a half in between and then flew out here. Right. And L.A. is really nice. Yeah, I love L.A. I'll tell you, I'll move out to L.A. in a minute. Yes, every time we come out here, you consistently say that you love it and you would move out here in a second. Right. And I I just want to tell everybody that's listening, Gia is going to sound a little nasally because she has a cold. That I got from you. Thank you very much. That's what happens when when people are married. (laughs) What I got, you got. Uh-huh. So she, if she sounds a little nasally, that's because she has a cold. Do I sound nasally? Just a titch. A little nasally? A little yeah. nasally. A little nasally. So let's give them a, a, a rundown of what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, last that we spoke to you guys, uh, we told you that the procedure that we tried to do to have a baby didn't work. Uh-huh. And that we were going to go ahead with, what is it called? Um, in vitro. In vitro. Right. Um, but now you're having a, 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 a lot of a lot of doubt. I was gonna say a little bit of doubt, but a lot of doubt. Well, in the last podcast, we kind of explained it to you guys a little in depth, and I mean the part about the um, in vitro process that I'm not gonna lie. I I, I think I'm a tough chick, uh-huh. but the part that really had me panicking a bit was the shots. And um, as I said before, the reason is that it's not just a normal shot. Right. Um, the needle's about two and a half. In, in, Oops, go ahead. I dropped Rashawn it. just knocked over, over some glass. crystal go ahead. in the hotel room. Awesome. You're, you're not going to pick it up? I'm just going to leave it, it there? I'm picking it up. All right, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, the needle's about two and a half inches long. Uh-huh. And the gauge of the needle is large. It is a very, very thick needle. And it has to be that way because the solution that's being injected into the the body Mm -hmm. is um, a combination of oil and progesterone. And progesterone is needed in order to support the pregnancy to make sure that I don't miscarry. Correct. And the gauge has to be so thick, not only for that reason, but also because the solution has to be injected into the buttocks muscle. Correct. And you don't want the needle to break off in the body. Right. And so it has to be a strong, sturdy needle. So, you know, I could deal with the idea of having it done once, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. Dreading it the second time, obviously. But as we explained to you guys before, um, the process of in vitro, if I become pregnant, I would have to receive this shot every day for between um, eight to 10 weeks, is it? Yes. Eight to 10 weeks. Yeah. So that's a long that time. That's a lot of shots in the ass. Now, you're used to taking a shot in the ass or two. Come on. Just stop a joke. It. Um, and you alternate cheeks every right. day. Right. Um, we were going back and forth and we decided to go ahead and do it. Right. And the reason is because um, if it's successful mm-hmm. and we are blessed with a beautiful baby. Correct. I think that I would look back at those painful shots um, as though they were worth it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> and then some. Absolutely. Obviously. So I think that all of the um, 
everything negative associated with taking those shots would go right out the window if, you know, it results in a successful pregnancy. So I said, you know what, I'm going to run with that and I'm going to call them right now. I'm going to pay for it over right. the phone Correct. before I have a chance to change my mind. Correct. So that's exactly what I did. I called the um, fertility office and I said, I'm ready to make my payment. I'm going to pay for it, you know, in one shot all together, whole, and um, then we'll be done with it. So I did that. Right. So now we're out here in L.A. Uh and we are visiting um, some of our closest friends. Correct. And come to find out, you know, we're sitting down having dinner last night and we're telling them about this process. Right. And all the information that we received because this couple had had fertility issues in the past themselves. Correct. And they had gone through in vitro several times. Right. And like I said, during the last podcast, I told you guys that I was so surprised that I never heard about all of these shots before. Correct. Because we've known people that have gone through this and no one has said, you know, like Gia, the downside is what you have to endure. So I said to my girlfriend, I said, I'm just shocked that, you know, you've never talked about this and, you know, whatnot from, you know, your experiences in the past. And they said, you know what, we didn't tell you guys um, because, you know, it's just such a sensitive subject for us. And, you know, we just wanted to go through it together without talking about it. And, you know, clearly the fear of it not being successful. But they said that, you know, they had just gone through another series of um, in vitro. Correct. And that my friend had become pregnant Mm -hmm. and wound up losing the baby at between seven and nine weeks. Correct. Um, and so, you know, the in vitro was successful, but the pregnancy just couldn't be sustained. Right. Um, and, you know, we talked about that and, you know, we talked about her loss and whatnot. And that was sad. And then we went on to talk about the process. Correct. And she had to go through exactly what we're dis- describing she talked about those shots every day once she became pregnant. She actually, because of her condition, she had to have a series of the shots before she got pregnant and uh-huh. then thereafter again every day for, I think it was seven weeks when she lost the baby. But she said that the shots were awful. Right. She said that they were awful. They were dreadful. You take it at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. And when it was time to receive the shot, Every day, it was just she was looking for anything to do, anything, anything, any excuse any not excuse to take that shot, right? Not to have it at that moment. Kind of like you know, when, when you wake up in the morning, it's like, give me five more minutes, give me ten more minutes, Absolutely. give me fifteen more minutes, yep, yep, yep. give me two and a half more minutes. It was kind of like that, and um, they described it at you know, as certain days, she would just break down into tears, you know, yeah. at the anticipation of having to get the shot, and um, she described it as very painful. Correct. They said that her rear end swole mm-hmm. to like twice its normal size. Correct. Um, they believe that, you know, scar tissue would be formed because you're getting this, you're get, essentially getting stabbed every day. Right. Alternating, you know, cheeks, cheeks every day. But they said that it was black and blue and huge. And she said that she's still sore wow. from it. Um, but. 
it wasn't like what it was described to me mm-hmm. at the fertility office. When I asked the lady that was um, directing the injection class, I said, so what kind of feedback have you gotten from, you know, women that have gone through this or during the process of going through this? What have they said? Did they say that it was awful? Did they say that it's bearable? Right. They're like, oh, they said it's okay that, you know, it's fine and they get through it and it's not as bad as you would think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's... It's all right. It kind of made me feel like, okay, well, maybe I'm just being a little melodramatic. Right. But now, like, my close friend told me what her experience was. Now I'm kind of like, you know, I don't know. Uh huh. So what do you, what do you, that I want to go through? So what are your thoughts? Uh, You know, we just had this dinner last night and we've been running around. We went out last night. Um, We woke up. Rashawn had the breakfast club this morning and then. He had to run out and then we just met for lunch. We did a little shopping. We really haven't had a chance to talk about it. Like a lot of things that we talk about on the podcast, you guys, you know, talk about it with us as we're talking about it for the first time. So we really haven't had a chance to discuss it. So what are your thoughts? I mean, I I thought that in vitro was a little too much anyway and not too much in price, just too much in procedure. Um, especially for somebody like us who we've had five children Mm -hmm. normally, naturally, like it was easy, you know? So the fact that, you know, the sixth child is a little difficult. I think in vitro is the extreme, Mm -hmm. you know, I really feel like we should find first the reason why we can't you know because it's just weird and odd that for five we were able to do it no problem we checked everything out everything is fine with me everything is fine with you your sperm is good money um i have no blockages i have i'm producing an egg every month everything is fine um our friend suggested that we get a specific panel done so i have to do some research Mm -hmm. about that but um it's a blood blood workup for me to maybe give a little bit more insight as to what is going on and if there is any problem that hasn't been detected before. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I need- think that we need to do that. But I'm Absolutely. I'm due to start to start start next Friday. I know. And and maybe we should just wait. Maybe we shouldn't do another procedure. I mean the money's already there, so it's not like we gotta wait. But I think maybe instead of putting you through all those shots in the butt and, and everything that you have to do every single day, I think we should to find it, let's see if we can get, find an alternative. Even if we have to find another doctor just in case, just to get a second opinion, see what they say, because it might be something else that maybe he didn't think of, you know, instead of putting you through that pain and that 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 strenuous pain. They told me that there's a newer procedure mm-hmm. where, have you ever seen people get those facials where they take your blood, the doctor takes your blood. Oh, and a vampire facial? Yeah, they yeah, separate, yeah, I, I think I could be, Totally white making blood this cells. up. No, I think it's like, I don't know, like your platelets from your plasma or I don't, I don't know, know, whatever uh-huh. it is. They separate it, but they get your stem cells uh-huh. and then they put that back on your face and it's supposed to like rejuvenate your face mm-hmm. and whatnot. They do that for different parts of the body. Like if um, a certain part of your body is ailing and it needs assistance healing, they'll inject your stem cells into that part of your body. Also, like when you have um, when you when you're having a baby, they'll take this if you request it and pay for it, they'll take the stem cells, I think, from like your umbilical cord or something like that. Right. And then you get to keep that, I heard and that. Uh-huh. something like that. Anyway, now they take 
those stem cells and what I heard it's a new procedure that they can inject that into your ovaries mm. and it's supposed to increase your chances of getting pregnant. So that's like another thing. I think it's newer um, that we just learned about. So I might look into that. I don't know. I just feel as though... Um, in vitro is extreme. I, I never knew that all of this was involved. I really thought that right. they stimulate your ovaries, you produce more eggs, they take the egg, they take the sperm, they fertilize it, they put it back in you, you're pregnant, and you live happy ever, happily ever, ever after. Gotcha. That's what I thought, but I just didn't realize that it was this involved. Right. So I really am having second thoughts, and it's not like me to be indecisive or wishy-washy. In life, typically I make a decision and I just gun for it. This is a little different. You know, one day I feel one way, another day I feel another way. So we'll, we'll keep you posted. Yeah, well, uh, well, I think we should get a second opinion and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Okay, baby. All right. Now let's talk about Madison today. Oh, okay. Now, Madison. Are you uh, sure you want to talk about this? Yeah. I mean, I asked Madison if it was okay if we talked about it. She said, okay. I told her I wouldn't say any names, so we won't say any names. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, I told you guys, we told you in a previous podcast that Madison is going to a new high school. Did we talk about that on the podcast? Yeah, we did. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. We did. Uh, Madison's going to a new high school. She left the town high school, wanted to go to a new high school. It's uh, a private school. It costs a lot of bread, but I'm not even going to tell you about that. But she really likes <laughs> it. It focuses <laughs> heavy on academics, like right. heavy on academics. She loves it. Uh, she uses a laptop throughout the day. She doesn't really have notebooks. She really loves the school. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's she a got, very small teacher to student ratio. Correct. So her classes are what, between seven and seven ten, to ten kids per, per class. class. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, she really liked it because she said the kids are really nice. She really, 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 really liked the students. She really didn't love the students in our previous school. But this one, she really, really loved the students. Everybody's nice. Everybody's they're kind. warm. They're welcoming. It's just like good salt of the earth kids. Correct. So uh, Madison, uh, I picked Madison up from school. And when I pick her up from school, she, you know, I'm talking to her. How was your day? She was like, hey, I had my first uh, old school moment, meaning the school that she was at previously moment. And I said, what do you mean? And she says, um, I, I have a boy that I'm in class with, you know, we were studying and we were walking to class together. You know, they had, a, I guess they had a free period and they were studying chemistry and they were walking to chemistry class together. Uh, another student took a picture, Mm-mm, a video, a video of Madison and the boy walking to class and said, Okay, hold on. Let me just set it up a little bit better. The girl was walking behind Madison and the boy. Uh huh. And as Madison and the boy were walking, she took out her phone and videotaped the two of them walking side by side. Right. And she uploaded it onto her snap and she wrote a caption that said, um, it's always the new girl. Correct. And she posted it. Uh huh. And from what I understand, um, when Madison started going to the school, all of the kids at the school that started following her on social media, she followed back. Right. So she was following this girl. And then the girl blocked her and posted this. I don't know if it was her regular Snapchat. I'm thinking it was her Insta Snap. Right. Her Instagram. Um, I'm not sure if it was Snapchat or Insta Snap. But whichever way, mm-hmm. she blocked her. 
after she had already accepted her because she was private, she blocked her so that Madison couldn't see the video Correct. that she posted. Correct. So Madison was in school and someone showed her the video. Correct. She went to look at it herself and realized that she had been blocked. Right. So I'll let you continue. So, you know, as I pick up Madison, Madison tells me the story and she said, you know, it's so funny. You know, the person I seen at the lunch table, like, you know, she actually asked me for help for something. And I said, well, did you say anything? She said, no. And she said, well, dad, what do you think I should do? I said, well, this is what I want you to do. I said, I want you to ask your mom. I said, but I said, I would have, I would have confronted the girl. And Madison said, why? You know, she said, I would have confronted her and I was about to, but we were in front of the whole table. And I said, you fucking right. I would have confronted her in front of the table. She was like, what do you mean? I said, if she wants to post a video of you for everybody to see, I'd have confronted her ass right at the table. I said, you didn't have to be beefing like, bitch, what that? No, you didn't have to do none of that. <laughs> I said, you'd be like, let me let me talk to you for a second. You know, I feel uncomfortable with something I've seen. So explain this. What does this mean, the new girl? Well, explain what that means. Always the new girl. Always the new girl. Explain like like that doesn't sit well with me. Explain to me what that means right now. And why you thought it was okay to post yeah, it. Why you thought it was okay to post it. Like you, you think it's okay to post things behind my back. Explain this to me because I'm feeling a little froggy and I'm about to jump. So before I jump, explain this to me. And I said, Madison, I said, you know what she probably would have did? I said, nine times out of 10, she would have backed down. I said, because most times people don't want confrontation. Oh yeah. And I said, that's what I would have done. And I said, mom is going to tell you the same thing. And I said, if I was you tomorrow, I see her pull it to the side, be like, you know what? This doesn't sit well with me. If it doesn't sit well with you and be like, I have a problem with this. Let's have this conversation over here, little girl. That's what I would have did. So we got home. I said, you know what? But I'm not going to tell you anything else. I'm not even going to tell mom. I want you to go tell mom and I'm going to wait in the other room and see what you say. So she told mom the story and, and then and mom you, and, said this. And, and you bet everything that I was going to agree with you. Right. And, and hold up. And guys, what I want you to do is, and I love, I love you guys is, uh, comments and replies i want you to reply what you would do or what you would tell your kids to do because i said one way and then we're going to go into what gia said and hit us on dm hit us in the comments i would love to know what you would tell your child to do go ahead babe so i've (laughs) would you say that i'm a confrontational person yes um Explain the word confrontational as as you see it. You are confrontational if, like, for instance, we were at uh, Shake Shack the other day and <laughs> we were at Shake Shack. We were in the airport. <laughs> we were at Shake Shack and Gia ordered something and the person who was working there, you could just tell, was not happy to work there. She was not happy to be there. She didn't, you could tell, like, she was over her job. And Gia was like, I ordered food and like this motherfucker just gives me the nastiest face ever. Like I'm ordering food. I want to, I want to feel good. I want to feel comfortable spending money and I'm feeling away and I want to talk to her because I feel like she doesn't want to work here. She's giving me a nasty attitude and I don't like that. Like, but but (laughs) yeah, it was all of that, but I felt that the whole time, but then it got to the point where I ordered cheese fries and I asked for the cheese on the side and I asked, I said, can you just make sure that they put the cheese on the side for me, please? She didn't respond. She didn't say, OK, no problem or sure or anything. She just looked down at the computer and pressed the button. So I'm like, excuse me, did you hear me? And she said she looked up at me and nodded. I said, do you speak or do you just not speak? Because I'm feeling a little offended. 
because it, it, and it it was after a series of like nasty little moments while we were placing this order. And for me, I don't know about you guys, and I don't know how you are. I mean, I kind of know how you are, but when I'm being offended or disrespected, I get a tight feeling in my chest. Mm-hmm. And it's like this little voice that's telling me, you can't let them play you. Right. Like this person shouldn't play you right now. Like this person's being disrespectful. So are you just going to walk away? Your your reaction is just going to tell them that it's okay for them to be rude or disrespectful or right. to just out and out play you? No, you you can't just walk away without voicing your opinion or making your feelings heard. Right, that's you. you that's ha- me. You have to voice it. I'm, I used to be that way, but now I'm like, ah, fuck it, life's too short. You want to be pissed off at life? Be pissed off at life. I don't give a fuck. I'm good. I'm living my best life. <laughs> I ain't going back and forth with and you. And I, I understand me. that. You know I, mean? I like, respect I got that. time to give you that energy. Fuck you. Keep it moving. But, that's me. But for me, it's not about being nasty back, but it's about just asserting your position because I feel like in life... When you let someone get away with being rude or disrespecting you, it gives them the permission to do it again and and again. In certain occasions. Not that I'm going to see the girl from Shake Shack Shack again, again. of course. Not like, who cares? Like, if it's somebody that I have a relationship with or I'm going to constantly see, yes. But the Shake Shack girl or the person that works at the mall or... The guy at valet or security at a club or a waiter. Or, I don't give a fuck about y'all. Oh, you pissed off? Okay. All right, boo-boo. All right. You have a nice day. Go back. I don't care. Like, you're not, your day, you, because you pissed off, you're not going to affect my day. Your energy is not going to bounce with me. I'm going to put my, my energy blockers on. And send <laughs> they that can't it. see you putting your energy blockers. He, he just put his energy blockers on, people. I put my energy blockers on. <laughs> and whatever energy you try to give to me is going right back at you. That's like that's that's my new thing. I'm got my energy blockers on. Pling, blocking you. And I, I like that. I like that you're able to do that. And I respect that. For me, that's the name of the podcast. I got my energy blockers on. I'm blocking all you. Okay. All right. Good. Um, for me, it's that's just not my reality. I it's very difficult for me to sit in front of someone who's being rude, right? And to just take it so that's that's the definition confrontational that is you um i don't when you say that i'm confrontational i don't really i guess the definition does fit (laughs) my personality Mm -hmm. but it sounds harsh and i don't think that i'm harsh with it if someone disrespects me i will address it so Technically, I guess that is confrontational. So anyway, needless to say, Rashawn just knew that I was going to share in his opinion. But as I've said a thousand times before on this podcast and in my real life, um, I think that there is a time and a place for everything. Uh And I also think that there is a way to go about everything. I think that the way that you handle things and your timing can make the all of the difference between whether you have a successful result or a poor result. Okay. And in this situation, you know, it was clear that Madison was hurt. She was pissed. You uh-huh. know, no, I think she was also hurt. Pissed mm-hmm. is one thing. I don't even like that word, to be honest. But um, that's one thing. 
But I think that her feelings were hurt because she was having such a good experience mm-hmm. going to the school and everything was so lovely for her. And she felt a level of comfort mm-hmm. that she didn't feel at her previous school. Okay. You know, I think at her previous school, like in class, she just didn't feel as comfortable to raise her hand and to participate. I think she kind of felt more withdrawn into herself because she really didn't like the students. Correct. She really didn't like the kids. She felt as though it was a mean environment with kids that, um, and I'm just going to say it, that weren't raised all the way right. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, so at this new school, she felt the exact opposite. So this experience took away from that. Correct. And she was looking at it like, how is it that I have to learn by secondhand information that I'm the subject of someone's Snapchat video where Mm -hmm. they're trying to play me. Correct. Okay. And I mean, that really is what it was. So she explained it to me. She came in the room. She explained it to me and asked me, what did I think that she should do? Mm -hmm. So first I had to break it down and explain to her what it is. I said, you know, when something happens, you have to kind of dissect it. You have to take a situation and you have to look at the motivation behind and the intent of the person Mm -hmm. that's offended you. You have to ask yourself, why did they do it? Correct. You have to get behind it all. And I said, so clearly this girl saw you walking with a boy and it bothered her Mm -hmm. to the point where she had to take this action. I said, what does that tell you? Like when, when, when you saw the video and you saw the caption, mm, always the new girl, that's a sarcastic caption. Mm-hmm. That tells me that there was probably a situation the prior year with this boy mm-hmm. and a new girl. So either the new girl was her or another new girl. And for some reason, it was near and dear to her to a point where to see him walking, innocently walking with you, mm-hmm. another new girl It got to her. Absolutely. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the fact that you were walking beside her, beside him, Mm -hmm. incited some kind of jealousy. Correct. In her soul. Mm -hmm. Like it ate her up to see that. Right. And she went through the trouble of blocking you so that she could post this video. So it wasn't something that was just innocent. She blocked you because she knew it was wrong. Mm -hmm. She knew it was offensive. She knew it was disrespecting you. She couldn't play it off. Oh, like it was just some kind of joke or it was just playful in nature. No, she knew it was offensive. She wanted to make sure that you didn't see it. Right. So, Madison, I said... You know, there's a saying, imitation is the greatest flattery. But there, that, that saying has a cousin. Jealousy is also another form of flattery. Right. If there wasn't something about you that got to her and made her feel that way, mm-hmm. making her feel little, little drops of jealousy, she wouldn't have done that. Correct. You should take that as... Some form of flattery. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that she has some kind of interest in the boy. We learned that she had, I guess, talked to the boy last year. I think last year she was the new girl mm-hmm. and saw him with Madison just walking. And 
became jealous of the situation. She may have even ended the relationship. But if that's the case, I said to her, I was like, like me and daddy, right? Mm -hmm. Like me and daddy broke up and he moved on with another female. I'm not a jealous person, but who's to say that I may not have a moment where I'm looking at the other girl and something gets me tight. Right. Do you know what I mean? I said, Mm -hmm. that's human nature. I'd like to think that, you know, I'm not that kind of person. I never have been. But when you're not in a situation yourself, it's not you. You really don't know how you would react if you were in that situation. Correct. I said, so this girl clearly like felt something towards you as a result of seeing you with him, regardless of how their relationship ended. And I don't even know if I would call it a relationship, but whatever they had going, I said, that's not a you thing. That's a her thing. Right. She's not mad. It's not as though she's looking at you and she thinks that you're not a nice girl or she has any problem against you personally. Mm -hmm. She found herself in a jealous moment and that's why she did what she did. Correct. She might think that you're the nicest girl on the planet. She might think that you're smart and that's why she asked you for help. She might think that you're a kind person. She might think the world of you, but it was the jealousy that made her do what she did. Not that that's an excuse, but when you dissect it, you have to understand that that's the reason why. And at that point, we didn't know that she was a new girl the previous year, but to me, it was obvious. She found out the next day that that was the case Mm -hmm. and that we were right. Right. Um, I said, so you can't take personal offense Mm -hmm. to it. That is her problem. That is something deep within her that made her react that way. Right. So you have to look at it like that and say to yourself, all right, well, it's not as though I did something to offend her and she lashed out at me or she doesn't like me. So she lashed out at me. This is a her problem. So with that taken into consideration, I said, I still think that daddy is right in a way. I think that, like I said a little while ago, when you allow a person to disrespect you and you don't stand up for yourself, you don't make your feelings known, you don't assert yourself in your position, you're giving them permission to do it again because there is no consequence. And I feel firmly that people pull back from things that they may do based on consequences absolutely we are we 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 become demotivated by consequences like you might want to do something Mm -hmm. and then you say to yourself okay well if i do this then this is going to happen so then as a human we say okay well i'm not going to do that right but if there are no consequences you act freely you do what you want because at the end you never have to pay the piper absolutely so I said, typically, yes, I would tell you to confront her Mm -hmm. and to say, I saw the video. I know that you blocked me. I know that your intentions were not good. So we are not good. Right. So when you see me, don't speak to me. Like, I don't need it to be cleared up. I understand why you did it. But don't talk to me in class. Don't smile at me in the hallway. Don't sit at my table at lunch. Right. Now you act like you don't know me because you purposely took that action absolutely that's how it typically handle it correct that's but, that's what i was i was on some rah-rah right shit. right and I, I think that's good advice okay. you stand your friggin' ground right okay but 
like I said, there's a way to do things mm-hmm. and timing is everything. You can't just always act absolutely. Like mm-hmm. the world isn't black and white. And I've had to learn that, you know, as I've gotten older. And now I kind of dabble in the gray area. And the gray area is a more mindful area. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a more considerate area where you consider everything else that's going on. So in this situation, you have to consider Madison is at a new school. Right. And she's making a good impression because she's an awesome girl. Like she is. She's a fantastic girl. Absolutely. So. That's being recognized. She's making a good impression and she's enjoying herself. Mm -hmm. You don't really know the dynamic of the school. Right. You don't know the relationships that people have. True. The bonds that people have. True. The loyalties that people have. You don't know if this girl is a girl that's to herself. You don't know if this girl is a popular girl. You don't know if she's a nice girl. You don't know if she's a mean girl. True. You don't know if she was just having a moment. So before you act in a new environment Mm -hmm. as someone that's pretty much standing alone because you're just starting to build bonds Mm -hmm. with other people, you have to act in a calculated way. You have to watch what you do. You have to watch what you say because you want the remainder of your years at that school to be successful. Correct. So you kind of have to peep out the scene She did it. It wasn't an act of aggression. Yes, it was nasty and it was messy. But I told Madison that if I were her, I would take it as flattery because everybody that looked at that video Mm -hmm. knew what it was. Correct. Doesn't take doesn't take a rocket sciences. Not at all. You know that that post was a post of jealousy. So to me, it was like. Let sleeping dogs lie. Mm-hmm. When you see her, don't speak. Don't smile. If she sits at your table, you get up and you move. You let it be known, but you don't go out of your way right. to confront her in this situation because I could imagine a situation where she might do that mm-hmm. and that girl may be friends with some girls that Madison may want to be friends with or maybe have started to hang out with and that girl might start talking mess behind Madison's back and then those girls might feel loyalty to that girl and then maybe not include Madison in things that she would have otherwise been included to, included in. Uh-huh. You never know how the cookie will crumble. Do you understand? Right. And we have to be long-sighted. We can't be short-sighted. You're right. You have to look at things, how things may affect you in the future. And you also have to look at, what did I gain by doing that? Right. Did it help me more or did it harm me more? Yeah, I got my rocks off. I stood my ground. But now I'm in a situation where maybe it wasn't really worth it. And in this situation, as the new girl who... No one has an alliance to her. I didn't think that it was worth it to take that step to potentially alienate herself. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? But I, I get what you're saying, but I also feel like everything that you said is absolutely positively true. But I also feel like if I check you once, I ain't got to check nobody else again because they know if you play with me. I'm going to be quick to ask you about it. And I'd say I have to check you on some beep, beep, you know, I'll beat your ass. Not, not on oh some shit goodness, like that. No, of course but on some not. shit like, nah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a young lady. And you're going to you're going to respect me like I'm a young lady. And if it comes off with disrespect, we're going to have to have a conversation, an aggressive conversation. But the difference is 
that this happened during the second week of school. I know. So that's what I'm talking about. You really have to ascertain your context. Right. I get Do you see saying. what I mean? I get what you're it's saying. It's too early to be walking around asserting yourself because you never want to come off as aggressive. You never want to come off as confrontational. You don't want that to be your MO. Like people would never look at me and think that I was confrontational. Correct. And I've seen it happen over and over again when I approach someone or I assert myself, the shock is, <laughs> it's like laughable. It's funny. It's like, wow. Like, right. because I don't give that off because I like to consider myself to be a very nice person. And right. as you know, as anyone that knows me knows, I genuinely care about people's feelings. Correct. And I think that that's probably the reason why I get so offended when someone goes out of their way to not care about my feelings right, right, right. or to offend me. Do you know what I mean? So I get what you're saying. Well, we want you guys to help us with this decision, you know? Um, well, she didn't say anything. Well, she didn't say anything, but was she that, didn't say anything. Was that the right decision? I'm just curious because I would have checked immediately. I told her to check again, went another route. So leave your, your comments in the comments. Uh, let us know what you think. You could DM us or, or, or under the picture we're very curious to what you think yes i'd love to know what you guys think you guys definitely um left comments about the whole toilet seat thing it was about 70 30 it was definitely about 70 30 my favor thank you thank you (laughs) i appreciate it i read all of your comments and little side note um, a lot of people said that they watched an episode of dr oz where dr oz said that when you flush the toilet that the toilet seat cover, the lid, should be closed because bacteria can be spread through the air and land in different places in your bathroom if you don't. So that is something that I would like to spread this knowledge. Close the lid of the seat before you flush. This way, we will never have this problem again. Okay, so the lid will be closed at all times. Yes. All right. So now if you go in the middle of the night and you sit on the lid, that's you you know the lid is closed because the lid should be closed at all times. At least you didn't friggin' take a dive. So okay. I think that that is the better of two evils. Okay. All right. And, and you know what? I want to tell everybody again, I appreciate all you guys for uh, getting tickets to my car show. My car show is November 3rd. It's almost sold out. So if you want to go, it's going to be a big family day. Bring the family out. Everybody will be there. My whole family will be there. Even yes. Irma will be there. Yeah. Somebody uh, did ask if Irma was going to be there. Yeah, Irma, would definitely Irma be there. is going to be there because our kids are going to be there. So, yes. Right. So, the, the whole family will be there. It'll be jumpies for kids. It'll be um, what day face painting. Is it, babe? November 3rd is a Saturday. A Saturday. Okay. A Saturday. So, get tickets. Tickets are $25 right now. Um, some of your favorite celebrities' uh, cars will be there. Uh, Cardi B's car will be there. 50 Cent, Swiss Beats, Fabulous, Nas, Pusha T, Hood Celebrity, to name a few. So, come on out. It's going to be a bunch of cars from Bugattis to Ferraris. It's going to be a great day. It's going to be some surprise performance. performances. Yeah, so we're going to be doing some giveaways. So, hopefully, I see you guys there. Okay, so get your tickets now. Hit up eventbrite.com. Uh, search DJ NBA should pop right up, and hopefully, I get to see you guys there. It's going to be a great family day. Yes. All right, now let's get to the uh, email of the you week. You got an email for us? Yeah. All right. All right, there's two. So, let's go with this one. This one seems. Uh, very, very interesting. You ready? Yes. All right. This is it. My boyfriend is a criminal and has an incurable STD. Hold on one second. I feel a sneeze coming on. All right. Well, you sneeze. Pull your thing. Wait, I want to make sure that I hear you. Okay. 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 
Hold on. I willed it away. Never mind. Go ahead. Hello, Gear and Envy. I hope all is well. And thank you for sharing your story with us through this platform. You are truly inspiring. Mm. I've been listening to your podcast religiously and have unofficially hired you as my relationship advisors in my head. Uh Laugh out loud. (laughs) I need your help. This is long, but I'd rather fill you in as much detail as I can. Thank you. My boyfriend is 26. I'm 24. We've been together for a little over three years. During the course of this relationship, one too many things happened. He had an internship of six months overseas. I had three abortions. One was too early in a relationship. Second, because we weren't ready financially. And third one was a miscarriage. I believe he cheated. I overheard him having a conversation over the phone, but he denied everything. He hid the fact that he has an incurable STD. That I found the prescription in his bag and confronted him about it. Oh, wow. He's always too busy working or straight up uninterested in partaking in my family gatherings. He's not close with his family at all. And to top it all, he decided to drop out of school and has since taken part into illegal activities to make money. I'm a law student, by the way. Uh, I was always supportive and di- and respectful of his decisions, although I do not deg- I do not agree to most of them. I forgave him for some of the mistakes he's made and was willing to work things out so we could grow stronger and closer from this. I recognize that I myself have my own share of flaws, problems and family drama, which can affect our relationship at times. But I feel I feel as though we are holding on to this relationship for the sake of love and good sex. Without knowing, I have put all my values and principles aside to accommodate him in this relationship, and I am now ready to give up. My friends and my family tell me to give him time and to fight for the man I love because, according to them, he's shown that he loves me deeply and truly cares about me. He's bought me my first car, helped me build my credit up, pays all my school tuition, books, pays my rent, and is very expressive of his love to me, to his friends and my family except on social media. I've never loved anyone like this, but I feel as though he's not ready, too selfish or just not the man for me. Are these red flags or part of the process of building a strong relationship? Please let me know what you think. I appreciate you taking the time to read my email and hope I get a reply from you. Muchas gracias. Can I just say something? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Typically. Okay. When you read an email, uh-huh. I'm listening to every sentence. And as you're going through it, my mind is whirling around. Right. And, you know, I'm trying to figure things out and I'm trying to understand and I'm trying to grasp and whatnot. But in this situation, I almost don't even think that it's worth it. What's worth it? Um, All of the consideration that I would give all of the positive things that she said about him. During the email, um, she said that he bought her her first car. Pays her rent, pays the tuition. Pays her rent. All that pays stuff. Pays her student loans, Correct. tuition, whatever. Helped build her credit up. These are all things that a person does, not only when they love you, but when they care Correct. about you. Correct. So I have no doubt that he cares about her. And I'm sure that in some way he loves her. Correct. But. To me, all of it, all of the good goes out the window, goes right out the window when she found out for certain 
that he has an incurable STD and he did not tell her about it. Mm -hmm. And they are clearly sexually active because at the end she said that she's scared that it's love and good sex that's keeping them together. So you're sexually active with a man who has an STD that does not make you privy to that information. For me, not only is that grounds to terminate the relationship, that's grounds to do far worse. Like what? That's I don't I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how I would react. I'd like to think I'd know how I would react. I'd like to say, well, I would end the relationship, take myself to the doctor, get myself checked out and move on. That's the nice clean answer. Right. But the real answer I think would be a would be far worse. Right. You know, you expose me to something that is ultimately life altering. Correct. Life altering. Life altering. Depending on what STD it is, you can affect my ability to have children. Right. You can affect my daily health. Correct. How I feel daily. I can be in pain daily. You affect my ability for future relationships because now that's something that's on my relationship resume and that'll affect the ability or the desire for people to want to be with me. Right. You affect what's going on inside my body, the way my body works, the way my body functions. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Correct. All because you either had this all along and I just have been lucky enough to have not been infected or because you cheated and got Mm -hmm. something and wasn't man enough to tell me that you cheated because you were scared that you were going to lose me. So you put that on the scale and you chose. Right. To put my life and my health and my well-being in the balance because you were too much of a coward to tell me the truth Correct. and too selfish because you didn't want to lose me. I don't care what nice things, amazing things, wonderful things you've done for me. All of it, in my opinion, is canceled out by the fact that you exposed me to something. And what? What is? What, what's his excuse? Oh, well, we use condoms. Condoms are not 100%. True. People still get pregnant by using condoms. True. People still contract STDs by using condoms. Mm-hmm. There are times where that thing is not covered and we may be in contact with each other even though we might we may not be having intercourse at that moment and your pre-ejaculation fluids that I can be infected even though your intention is not to. And then like come on, seriously. Let's talk long term. It's an incurable disease. If we're talking about being in a relationship where there's going to be a future. So you're just never going to tell me. So it just seems like at this point he's just biding his time because he's a coward. Because he's selfish. Because he's only thinking about himself. Now, when we're talking about incurable STDs, you're talking about AIDS. You're talking about herpes. herpes. Um, because gonorrhea. I'm not it's sure. curable. Chlamydia is curable. Um, um, and the other, there are some other like lower level ones that are curable. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Then there are STIs, sexually transmitted infections. Those are curable. Is gonorrhea is incurable? No, no, no. Gonorrhea is curable. It says five incurable STDs. Herpes, HIV, HPV, hepatitis A, and gonorrhea. Those are the five. No, gonorrhea is curable. You sure? Um, Yeah, I'm pretty certain about that. Well, that's what Google said. Yeah, gonorrhea and chlamydia are curable. But HPV, AIDS... Herpes, you said hepatitis. It says hepatitis A and B. Are incurable. Mm -hmm. And um, what was the last one? And then they said gonorrhea. Yeah, no, um, I'm pretty certain that gonorrhea is curable. Well, let me tell you you what I think. I think it was either herpes uh, or HIV or I guess hepatitis A or B. Reason being is she says she found the pills that he had to take or whatever he had to take for it to treat it. Mm-hmm. Now, um, I agree with you. Um, yeah, certain things are worth fighting for, but the fact that he was playing with your health and didn't tell you. And, and yes, you could say, well, he said he wore a condom, but what happened if the condom broke? What happened if there was a problem? He should have told you from the jump. So right then and there. You could have made the decision for yourself and says, okay, this is something I want to go with or I don't want to go with. So the fact that he lied about that is the only reason I would be like, lie by omission, right? Lie by omission because you found out about it. And that would be the only reason I would be like, nah, I can't trust this dude. And also the fact that, you know, you're a lawyer. He's doing illegal activities in law school. You're in law school. He's doing illegal activities. You know, yeah, I know people do illegal activities every day, B, but <laughs> the problem is, is the fact that he had an incurable STD and did not tell you. You had to find out on your own. You were having sex. Like I said, the condom could have broke. It could have been something, you know, where you got it and, you know, you were exposed to it. And now it can mess with your health. It, like Gia said, it can mess with you having children. Like, it's very serious when people lie. It's not like he lied and said, I, you know, you know, hey, I, I. I had a kid and, you know, and something else. I would have a problem with that, but it's not an incurable STD that can affect you for the rest of your life, whether you're with him or without him. And those are the type of things that I I wouldn't want to be with anybody like that. So I would tell you, it might be time to walk. Might? No, it it is time to to, to walk on and to move. Absolutely. You can't be... You can't be with someone mm-hmm. that is capable of that type of deception. Not at all. And I'm going to say that absolutely. Like I agree. sometimes, you know, I try to be diplomatic when it comes to my opinions on right. different things. I try very hard to not be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this situation, I think that this is very cut and dry. I agree with you. Um, there's no amount of love in the world, in my opinion, that would that would get me beyond this absolutely you know an std like i don't know that it gets any more serious than that that is that is pure suffering every day even and i'm not even talking about physical suffering Mm -hmm. and it may be but i know that there are times where people are clear you know you take your medication and you're clear and you may be asymptomatic for a while but if you're not suffering physically that's mental anguish absolutely to know that you are plagued by this and your body is plagued by this and there is no getting away from it that you will have it until the day that you die that is something that is very very difficult to live with and i feel so sad for people men and women that have contracted something Mm -hmm. because they were being sexually active with someone that they cared about that knew and because someone knew and was so selfish 
that they just wanted to enjoy themselves and mm-hmm. they didn't want to relinquish their pleasure, right. that they kept it to themselves and didn't care that another person will suffer in the same way that they do. And some people are happy to spread it because right. it's like, well, if I'm going down, I don't care who else has to go down as well. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel very bad for people that that go through that. And, you know, there are people that are just out there YOLO, you know, yeah. they have sex with anybody that they, they don't vet anybody. It's not based on, you know, emotions. It's only based on desires and they're not careful. They don't protect themselves. You know, people like that, you know, if, if you do contract something, I feel bad for you as well, but I feel more sadness for those that, you know, are intimate with other people and, it's because they care about them and someone is being deceptive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we wish her the best. And if I was her, I would definitely uh, leave, get out of Dodge, make sure you're out of there. And and let me just clarify this. And Mm -hmm. it's not just, it's not because he has an STD. I think that people can have good relationships Mm -hmm. when one has an STD and one doesn't. I think that, you know, those people just have to be extra vigilant. But if you love somebody and maybe they contracted it earlier on and that doesn't mean that, you know, they're not worthy of love. Of course, those people have the ability to fall in love and move on and, you know, practice sex in a safe way where, you know what I mean? Where Because when both people know, then you're extra vigilant. Right. And you when can plan one person doesn't know you might be touching it, playing with, like, you right. know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and whatnot, so. And I would even, you know, and this is going to sound a little far, I would even, well, maybe it's to me, but I would even what? look at maybe even pressing charges if I got it. You give me herpes and you know you had herpes? Or whatever the STD Or whatever is. it is, nabby. But I know, would. What are you talking about? Maybe. If someone gave me herpes and there's evidence that they knew that they had it. Right. You have a prescription bottle and you didn't let so me you know, know so that I can express consent to be sexually active with you? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? I'm taking that bottle and my friggin' panel from the doctor's office straight to a lawyer. Absolutely. Well, we wish you the best, Mama, and hopefully you don't have a STD and, and hopefully you get out and, and you do the right thing. But um, email us and let us know how it's working out. We would love to know. All right? Yes. All right, it's time to get up out of here. All right, we got things to do. That's right. We got to be out of here in about 30 minutes. So, all right, well, we'll see you guys next week. And we appreciate you guys for riding with us. And don't forget, leave a comment on under the picture or in our DMs. And we appreciate you for riding with us. All right. I'm DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And that was another edition of the Casey Crew. Toodles. Toodles.